0: with Conair Bomb, Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you.
1: Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) <laughs> people that i admire when we say listen to your body really tune in exactly. to what's going on authors of books that have changed my life now you're talking about sympathy right. which is different than empathy yeah. right never forget it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one listen to a really good cry with Ravi devlukia on the iheart radio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts
2: In a world where fossil fuel companies are terrified of school children. Where world leaders are ignoring climate science. Bing bing bong bong. And nature is recreating doomsday movie plots. What will happen next? It's up to you. Listen to the Outrage and Optimism podcast. You can learn to be a writer by just writing, 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 I think. The more you write, the better you get.
3: Hello. From Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, and this is Encyclopedia Womanica. This month, we're talking about tastemakers, women who change the culinary game. For much of history, women have been relegated to domestic tasks. Yet female innovators in food and beverage are often under-celebrated. We're trying to change that. Through her incredible personal essays on food, today's tastemaker created a new literary genre that pioneered the concept of food as cultural metaphor. W. H. Auden once called her America's greatest writer. We're talking about M. F. K. Fisher. It was then that I discovered how to eat little dried sections of tangerine. My pleasure in them is subtle and voluptuous and quite inexplicable. Mary Frances Kennedy was born on July 3, 1908, in Albion, Michigan, to Rex Kennedy, a local newspaper owner, and his wife, Edith. Mary later wrote that she was born during a heat wave. She wrote, I leapt forth only a few minutes before midnight in a supreme effort from my mother, whose husband had assured her that I would be named Independencia if I arrived on the 4th. The year before Mary entered kindergarten, her father bought a newspaper in Whittier, California. Whittier was a predominantly Quaker town outside of Los Angeles, making the Kennedys, who were Episcopalian, outsiders. During her childhood, Mary spent most of her time either in the kitchen with the family cook or reading and writing poetry. Upon graduation from high school, Mary spent time at Illinois College, Whittier College, Occidental College, and finally UCLA. There, she met a graduate student named Alfred Fisher. The two were married in 1929, and then moved to Dijon, France, where Alfred finished his doctoral work. While living in France, Mary studied art for three years and was photographed by famed artist Man Ray. Once Mary and her husband could afford an apartment with a kitchen, she ran a sort of informal salon out of her kitchen for her many friends. In 1932, The Fishers left France and moved back to California, where they lived with Mary's family. Alfred found a job at Occidental College, and Mary started writing more seriously. She had her first piece published in Westway's magazine in 1935. Mary decided to combine her two passions, food and writing, so she started writing short pieces on gastronomy. It wasn't long before a publisher at Harper Brothers took an interest in her work. In 1937, Harper Brothers published Mary's first book of essays, Serve It Forth. Mary summed up her entire gastronomical ethos in Serve It Forth with the simple sentence, look, if you have to eat to live, you may as well enjoy it. The book received significant critical acclaim, but wasn't a popular success. As Mary's career was taking off, her first marriage was falling apart. Mary and Fisher moved to Switzerland in 1936 to help create an artist colony with friends. A year later, they divorced. Soon after, Mary married artist Dilwyn Parrish, with whom she'd been having an affair. Mary and Parrish moved to Bern in 1938. Just two days after they arrived, Parrish fell ill. He eventually had to have his leg amputated after developing gangrene. With World War II on the horizon, and Parrish still in considerable pain and ill health. The two decided to move back to the U.S. and eventually settled in Hemet, California. In 1941, Mary published her second book, Consider the Oyster, which was a combination of oyster recipes and humorous, informative essays about things like the history of the oyster, oyster reproduction, and oyster cuisine. She dedicated the book to Parrish, who committed suicide in August 1941. In 1942, Mary published How to Cook a Wolf, which was focused on recipes and tips for cooking and eating during wartime and on wartime rations. It was her first major popular success. That same year, Mary signed a contract with Paramount Pictures to write comedic material for stars like Bob Hope and Bing Crosby. But in 1943, Mary found out she was pregnant and went into seclusion. During her time out of the public eye, she wrote the material for one of her most famous works, The Gastronomical Me. In it, she famously mused, People ask me, why do you write about food and eating and drinking? Why don't you write about the struggle for power and security and about love the way that others do? The
0: easiest answer is to say that like most other humans, I'm hungry. But there's more than that. There's food in the bowl, and more often than not because of what honesty I have, There's nourishment in the heart to feed the wilder, more insistent hungers. In
3: 1944, Mary broke her contract with Paramount. Then, while on a trip to New York, Mary met and married a publisher named Donald Freed, with whom she had a second daughter. Mary spent the next couple of years writing essays for major magazines like The New Yorker, Gourmet, Atlantic Monthly, Town & Country, and Vogue. She also published Here Let Us Feast in 1946. In 1948, Mary's mother passed away. So Mary moved back to California to take care of her father. Over the next several years, she published a number of additional books. After a divorce from her third husband and her father's death in 1953, Mary and her daughters moved to Provence for a number of years. They then ping-ponged between California and Europe for over a decade. Mary wrote prolifically throughout. In 1971, Mary settled down in Glen Ellen, California, and lived there until 1992, when she died, at age 83. Tune in tomorrow for the story of another tastemaker. We'll be talking about an Argentinian cook, baker, and media personality. Special thanks to Liz Kaplan, my favorite sister and co-creator. Talk to you tomorrow! This week of Encyclopedia Womanica is sponsored by VeraShop, an e-commerce destination for everyday luxury, where the tastemakers of today can get everything they need to dress, cook, clean, and live. Go to verishop.com/encyclopedia. That's v-e-r-i-s-h-o-p.com/encyclopedia for 15% off your first order. Before we go, I want to tell you about another show I think you'll like. It's called The TED Interview, and it's hosted by Chris Anderson, the head of TED. Listen now to hear deep dives with great minds. Season three is out now. I highly recommend checking out the episode with Stockton Mayor Michael Tubbs on why fixing violence in America means helping victims and perpetrators. Check out The TED Interview
0: wherever you listen.
1: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: In a world where fossil fuel companies are terrified of school children, where world leaders are ignoring climate science, bing, bing, bong, bong. and nature is recreating doomsday movie plots, what will happen next? It's up to you. Listen to the Outrage and Optimism Podcast.